where three women with names discuss movies that are about something other than a man. Paid in Puke is hosted by Amy Green, Christina Barr, and Jessica Baxter. It's also a spoiler-filled free-for-all. You've been warned. On today's episode of Paid in Puke, it's the Oscar special! Oscars! <laughs> Today, we're going to talk about the 93rd Oscars, which will take place on Sunday, April 25th at the Dolby Theater in Hollywood. It's not at the Dorothy Chandler Pavilion. (laughs) (laughs) Right, that's where it always was. So the show will take place in two places. At Union Station, where nominees, presenters, and guests will convene. And at the Dolby Theater in Hollywood, (laughs) where the performances will happen. So that's all the music performances. Oh, okay. And it will be produced by Steven Soderbergh, and there's no host. But uh, there are obviously celebrity presenters and what have you, and probably, I don't know, who who would Steven Soderbergh attract? (laughs) He always does something interesting. He's a creative guy. Has he ever produced an award show before? I don't know, but isn't he married to, like, an E! News? Correspondent. Oh, yeah. Oh, he Jules married Asner, Jules Asner. Jules yeah. Asner. Oh. Yeah. Married Ed Asner's son, but they got a divorce. Oh, that's... Check the name. Interesting. I did not know that. <laughs> like last year, we're going to go through the main categories and give our predictions, as well as who we want to win if it's different than who we think will win. But first, the big history-making thing for this year is that... It's a record-breaking number of women nominated for Best Director. Right. It's two <laughs> women. <laughs> Can you believe it? They found two. So that's exciting. But neither of them is Regina King, which is the main snub for that category. That I'm, I mean, I haven't seen one at Miami yet, but it is on my list. And I love Regina King in general and everything she does, so I'm sure that she deserved it. They've certainly nominated it for other things, so it is, it's an oscar bait movie, as they say. Anyone else have any snubs? My big snub is Rada Blank, because I just oh, yeah. loved her acting. She wrote it. She should have been in there. I thought that was... At least for screenplay. Yeah. Let's see, what what, what screenplay? I mean, the fucking trial of the Chicago 7, come on. I I didn't see it, but I'm like, I'm sure. I don't need to. I'm pretty sure you see one Aaron Sorkin, you know what you're going to get. All I need is that scene from the newsroom that they always show on September 11th. That's like so terrible. (laughs) The president will be speaking in just a few minutes. No. Listen, they're just nervous because... I don't care. You do not take over control of the cabin. They're getting emails and going online and seeing... You do not take over control of the cabin, ever. Ma'am... sit down No, you know... I'm getting the captain. Yeah, get the captain, because I'd like to have a word with him. The seatbelt while we're standing still is one thing, but how paranoid do you have to be to think that I'm declaring myself in charge of the... Is there a problem, sir? Yeah, I was just asking how paranoid you have to... You have to be... Sir. Sir. Captain, my name is Don Kiefer. 
We work for Atlantis Cable News, and we wanted you and your first officer and flight attendant crazy lady to be the first ones on this plane to know that our armed forces killed Osama bin Laden for you tonight. You're serious? Yes, sir. We reported the news. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he sucks. It's won for best original screenplay like more than once so far this season, so I feel like it's, oh, really? it probably has a good shot at winning. Hmm. I, you know, I don't... Yeah, I don't know. I, I have some thoughts on that, but we'll get to that. Another snub I had was I thought that the movie His House was a really good movie that if it didn't have an actual ghost in it would probably have been sort of Oscar baitish. Although it might just be a little bit too much like the white the white people are irredeemable villains. And I know that the Academy likes redeemable racists in their movies. <laughs> so maybe that's what happened there. But that movie is awesome. It's a great horror movie oh, and a great movie about racism. And it stars Wanmi Masaku, who was on Lovecraft Country, and I really loved her on that show. And she's so good in this movie. You're being released as asylum seekers, not as citizens, not yet. You will be sent to a home of our choosing. You must not move from this address. We are good people. Whether or not you're good people, it's not me that needs convincing. This entire house is just for us. As long as you can get along, fit in, be one of the good ones. I saw something in the dark. You have felt it too. This is what they want. They like to see us crazy. <laughs> Let them send us back. How quickly you forget everything we went through to get here. We are not going back. You don't wonder what it tells me. It says I should be afraid of you. So I was pretty bummed about that. That, that was written and directed by Remy Weeks, and that's his first feature, and it was incredible. For a first feature, my god. I mean, in general, it was great. I was shocked when I saw that that was his first feature. Okay, alright, I gotta watch this movie. Yeah. I feel like I barely have seen anything this year. Like, obviously it's been unprecedented times and all that. But I liked the girl, Julia Garner, in The Assistant. Yeah. Um, She's very young. Is she too young to be an assistant? No. No, 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 no. Do you suspect that she's done something to harm the company? No, 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 no. I, I, I mean, I don't... I don't, I don't think so. I, I dropped her off at the Mark, the hotel. Uh -huh. We had a reservation for her and I left her there. And yes. when I came back to the office, he, he was gone. And he was gone for quite a while. And you were looking for him? No, no, he was just, he was gone and she was gone and they were both at the Mark apparently. Apparently? I mean, that's what everyone said. Who said? Um, the, the the production executives and all the assistants. I mean, they were just like laughing about it. They were laughing. Yeah. 
Okay, maybe let's back up here a bit. What did she say to you? Who? The girl. The girl? Uh, nothing. Nothing? I Have you spoken to her? No, I mean, I just in the cab on her way to the mar. But I haven't I haven't talked to her since. Since what? I haven't seen her since. I, I, when I found out, I came straight here. Although I don't know what other actresses, like if there's any, I think she should replace. Right. That's another female director, too. Did you watch That's that right. movie? Kitty Weeks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I want to do that for the pod. Kitty Green. Kitty, <laughs> Kitty Green, you're right. Kitty Green. I wrote Remy Weeks. Kitty Green. Yes. We should do that one. That was good. There's a lot to say about that movie. And yes, she was really good. She gave a very understated performance yeah which is, you know what I like <laughs> yeah right <laughs> the opposite of a Michael Shannon if you will exactly. <laughs> or Gary Oldman I'm very annoyed to see Gary Oldman oh my god oh, he's uh, in Mank right I yeah. thought that movie was so dumb I didn't I like it that. at all I thought it was not good I mean I really thought that the script was bad and it really seemed like it would never have been produced if it hadn't been David Fincher's dad like, if it were just some guy who was trying to get his script sold in Hollywood, they, they would be like, no, <laughs> this is not a good script. It's, like, such an, a nepotism picture, and I can't believe that it's gotten this far. <laughs> it was so boring, too. I almost want to watch it to confirm, but, like, I hate when something that should not at all be boring is boring. I love stuff that's about Hollywood. And I know Hollywood loves stuff about Hollywood. Yeah. I do too, and there's a lot going on. Yeah, it kind of tries to be Chinatown intrigue, conspiracy a little bit, but it fails so miserably. How's Amanda Seyfried in it? I mean, she, she's always great. She's underused, yeah. you know. I know, yeah, she got a, a nomination. I like her a lot. Mm. It just seems like a movie with old men in it. Like, it's it by work. old men, about old men, <laughs> for old men, maybe, I guess. I can't speak for old men. Although they always seem to think they can speak for me, but uh, yeah, it's just a, an old man club, and I'm not here for it at all. Yeah. The other nope. snub I thought was... Delroy Lindo from The Five Bloods. Oh, he was I heard really good in that. that I was didn't great... see that. I heard that's really good, and that's like a big snub. Yeah, it's on that Netflix. That didn't get nominated for anything. That's a Spike Lee movie, right? Yeah, it it was good. I saw it pretty early on in the pandemic, and he should have been recognized. I thought. There's definitely antagonism between Spike Lee and the Academy because he calls them out on their shit and they don't like that, so <laughs> he doesn't get nominated. We already gave you something just a couple of years ago. Yeah. You know, we, we showed that we, we were the bigger person or something. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> they said, we're sorry if you were right. offended. Right. <laughs> we did a movie where a white person did something good, so we right. recommended you for that. Exactly. They love that. They're like, yeah. thank you for finally putting a conflicted white person in a story about racism. That's mm -hmm. the only way we can digest these <laughs> messages. <laughs> we cannot do it otherwise. They're a POC perspective intolerant. Alrighty. Well, let's see. Where should we start? Oh, I guess they would probably do director. For... Is that how it comes? <laughs> Directing comes up before supporting actor. Usually, supporting actor is the first one, and then they make you think it's going to be all the big things, and then it's like they do a bunch of the things no one cares about, and then it's supporting actors. I feel like director is okay. usually almost the last thing. 
Oh, yeah. That's true, because it used to be a one-two punch kind of yeah. thing, but they haven't done it like that in a while. Okay, well, let's start with actor, then, which has an interesting development. Supporting actor or lead actor? Lead actor. They nominated both Daniel Kaluuya and Lakeith Stanfield as best actor. No, best supporting actor. Supporting actor. Yeah. Okay, we're doing best supporting actor because <laughs> this is what I want to talk about. Okay. I'm sorry. So that's interesting because they're both, I would say, co-leads, but the movie is from Lakeith Stanfield's character's perspective. He's the Judas to the Black Messiah, who's Fred Hampton, okay. played by Daniel Kaluuya. It was so good. That's my pick for best picture that I want to win but won't win, probably. <laughs> I was just blown away by that movie. Ah. So Absolutely blown away. Get to see it when it was free. Yeah. Waiting for it to be free again. Or at least I would pay for it. Like, I just, when I wanted to see it, it was like only in theaters. Like, what? You're like, what? Go to a theater. No. <laughs> Nobody does that. And that, I mean, I learned so much too, because obviously I went into it being on the side of the Black Panthers, but I didn't know that they also were huge philanthropists. That's the kind of shit that they just buried. They did so much intersectional work, and they had scholarships. They were doing just so much good. And they were, surprise, surprise, painted as a terrorist group. And and then he was murdered by the FBI. The Black Panthers are forming a rainbow coalition of oppressed brothers and sisters of every color. Their aim is to sow hatred and inspire terror. I will learn all that I can. I These ain't no terrorists. You can murder a liberator, but you can't murder a liberation. You can murder a revolutionary, but you can't murder a revolution. And you can murder a freedom fighter, but you can't murder freedom. That is my pick for the best movie, and I would be very happy if either one of those men, Lakeith or Daniel, got the award. But I think it's fucked up that they're in the same category, because it should be one and the other so they can both win. I wonder if they would ever do this again, but I know at least once it's happened that there's a tie. It did happen once? Oh, really? I can't. God, I used to be so Shit, I gotta look this up. I feel like Catherine Hepburn and maybe Barbara Streisand or something. I'm gonna look it up. Six times there were ties at the what? Academy Awards. Wow. So wow. I would vote, please have a tie between. 1932, <laughs> 1950, 1969 was the best known one. Yeah, Catherine Hepburn and Barbara Streisand. Oh, I got it right. And then best documentary feature in 87 was a tie between Artie Shaw, Time Is All You Got, and Down and Out in America. And 1995, Best Short Film was a tie. Was Lakeith Stanfield nominated as Supporting Actor for other... I don't think he was in Best Supporting Actor for Golden Globe, but Daniel Kaluuya won. And I think he won... The SAGs were last weekend. I looked up the winners, but now I'm like blanking, like, who won? I think he won Best Supporting Actor there, also. Daniel Kaluuya did? Yeah. He's got some good odds, I think. Who's that person, Mr. Blackwell, or... They do, like, all the odds, or... Yeah, I, I thought Mr. Blackwell was like a fashion person. Oh, <laughs> I thought it was like there's some guy that makes these predictions and. Oh, is it Nate Silver or something? Or... Oh no. I mean, I think a lot of people do that. I can't think of a specific person. Was... Burgess always goes with the Vegas odds when he's filling out his ballots. It doesn't go with his heart. No, you can't go with your heart if you want to win the Oscar pool. Right. <laughs> That's not how the Academy works. It doesn't always turn out by the odds. That's true. It does. Upset. Miracles happen. Yeah. 
Well, anyways, what do y'all got for <laughs> the supporting actor? I mean, I did not see any of these movies, so I obviously can't really say. But uh, I love Lakeith Stanfield and everything I've seen him in. There's no one I would be, I mean, I would be unhappy, I guess, if Sasha Baron Cohen won, even though I didn't see The Trial of Chicago 7, I just assume I hate it, so. <laughs> I really do think you can safely assume that. Oh, I do want to read all the nominees, so I'll just <laughs> oh my God. put this back. Sorry. <laughs> Sasha Baron Cohen, The Trial of the Chicago 7, Daniel Kaluuya, Judas and the Black Messiah, Leslie Odom Jr., One Night in Miami. Paul Racy. <laughs> I didn't look Racy. that up. <laughs> the Sound of Metal. And Lakeith Stanfield, Judas and the Black Messiah. <laughs> I am going to vote that it's a tie between Daniel and Lakeith. That would be so cute. I, that would be ideal. I like that. Yeah, Paul Racy, he was sort of like a surprise. I think a lot of people were surprised he was nominated, but I thought he was really great. In that. that movie, I love Sound of Metal. I thought he was just fine. Yeah, I mean, was, I wasn't like blown away by it. I was very surprised. Yeah, it was surprising. He was pretty standard in that role. He yeah. wasn't really doing anything interesting. I've seen that kind of guy a million times in movies. The like inspirational. Right. <laughs> The hard-talking, inspirational guy who's trying to get you through your addiction. <laughs> I think, yeah, Lake either Lakeith or Daniel Kaluuya. Cool. All right, let's do Best Supporting Actress. The nominees are Maria ba Bakalova. <laughs> Bakalova, thank you. Now I want Baklova. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Borat, subsequent movie film. Glenn Close, Hillbilly Elegy. Olivia Coleman. The Father, Amanda Seyfried, Mank, and Yajung Myaun Minari. Again, a category where I didn't see anything. <laughs> um, <laughs> I only saw Mank here. I tried to see Minari, but it was another one of those things where like, it was free and then I wasn't free. Okay. <laughs> I've heard that she's the favorite. Okay. That's like the Vegas odds. I'm always happy when Olivia Colman gets awards. Yeah, I love her. I would be happy if Amanda Seyfried got an award, even though the movie stunk. It'd be like, you know how sometimes they give people Oscars too late for things? Right, right. <laughs> or it's just like, this is just your general being great, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I love her, and I love Olivia Coleman. I'm, I'm uh, neutral on Glenn Close, although I feel like I would hate Hillbilly Elegy if I watched it. And then I don't know the other two, so... She's sort of like the Susan Lucci for oh, the Oscars. She's oh, never goodness. won, so I don't know. Oh, uh, she's, she was this close. Yeah, she's always in there, but... <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I hope they use the clip from uh, Maria Bakalova. There are so many good clips they could use for her. Did like, you watch that when movie? They, oh, yeah, it's hilarious. Oh, yeah. She discovers, like, masturbation, and she's talking about it in front of a very conservative group of women in the South. I don't, it was just a really, there's so many hilarious moments. She's so good. Oh, and so, my Oscars fun fact. The only sequel to be nominated, it was The Godfather, Godfather, and Godfather 2 were both nominated. I think it's for, like, 
Over screenplay. Screenplay. And <laughs> now Borat oh. is the second. Yeah, it's the second sequel to be nominated oh, yeah. for a screenplay. And it had a bunch of nominations. Best Actor, Best Picture, and Best Screenplay. Yeah, huh. I do well, not I remember that. What was going on there? I, <laughs> I mean, I liked it, but it was very funny. But you, you didn't. I did. No, you I did. Think it was very funny. But... I really. I mean, I loved the LEG show. I don't know why I've just kind of stopped seeking out Sasha yeah, Branko and stuff. I but like I, I get it. You know? Yeah, maybe that's <laughs> what it is. It's just like you've already won me over. Right. Rednecks are terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Racism is everywhere. You have a cute redhead wife. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> he does. Isla Fisher is very cute. And Australian. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Best uh, leading actor. <laughs> Best leading actor? Yes. Uh, Riz Ahmed. Sound of Metal, Chadwick Boseman, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Anthony Hopkins, The Father, Gary Oldman, Mank, and Stephen Young, Minari. I think they're going to do a posthumous award for Chadwick Boseman. That's where I'm leaning on that one. He's going to win it. And he's, he's won so many other Golden Globe, the SAG. Yeah. I will go rogue and say he won't, because I feel like the Oscars don't like doing that. Hmm. No. I feel like that's happened a few times over the last few years where you think that's going to happen, and they're like, no. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know. I mean, I also feel like they love, like, Anthony Hopkins and Gary Oldman. They do love those dudes. Again, have not seen any of the movies in this category well for me if i would if i were to get my wish i would say riz ahmed that's who i yeah. think you think he was so good and really doing interesting stuff for that role whereas like anthony hopkins and gary oldman are just playing old men as usual <laughs> you know <laughs> although i haven't seen minari and i've heard that's really good i can't speak to that but i like stephen young and uh, okja <laughs> so <laughs> i can say that i guess <laughs> The guy from Network. Oh, Peter Finch. Yeah. Mm. He won, and maybe right. that was like one that of the first. That was like in the 70s. Posthumous, and then. Walt Disney, apparently. Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger. Oh. Heath Ledger, I think, would have won anyway, though. If he had been alive, I think he still would have won that one. Yeah. yeah, I agree with that. Yes, then the last time they did it was 2014 for 20 Feet from Stardom. The director? Yes. So that. So we've seen ones like that's a handful over the years that have won posthumously, but like mm. we don't know which you know how we don't many know. people were nominated and didn't win. Right. Chadwick Boseman, he's just so beloved. Yeah. I just feel like if he doesn't win, that's gonna be weird. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and he was really good. I don't think he would have won. If he hadn't passed away, but not because he's not talented. He's extremely talented, but he just, I think he had a lot more in him. I think that wouldn't have been his award-winning role. There's no more chances to give him awards, so, yeah. I mean, he was just so young. He had so many more years to do interesting shit. So, best actress. (laughs) It's weird, because we're so used to, like, you're just supposed to say actor. I know, that's what But I'm they saying. still say actress in the... I actually wrote that on my very few notes that I have. Is should they stop doing that? Some mm-hmm. awards shows have stopped doing that. They have? They say, what, Somehow. female actor? What do no, they say? No, just like best acting performance or whatever. In oh, movies. just overall. Mm-hmm. Huh, that would be cool. You could have it like with the best picture. Oh, there's so many best pictures. Just <laughs> double it. 
Just double it, yeah, and mm-hmm. kind of try and make it 50-50, although I worried that it would go the wrong way, and they'd be like, now here's eight white men, but who knows? Yeah, that's like, I kind of like that they still do it this way, and I feel like they probably shouldn't, you know, it probably is time to stop doing that, but... Yeah, I'm, well, they're always a little bit late to <laughs> every party, the Oscars yeah. are. <laughs> but the nominees are right. Viola Davis, Mal Rainey's Black Bottom, Andre Day, the United States versus Billie Holiday, Vanessa Kirby, Pieces of a Woman, Frances McDormand, Nomadland, and Carrie Mulligan, Promising Young Woman. I have not seen The United States versus Billie Holiday, but I have heard that Andre Day is the favorite. Oh, okay. I have not seen that, but I love Carrie Mulligan. I've only seen the last two. I saw Nomadland and Promising Young Woman. I mean, I just really loved Promising Young Woman, and I love her in it. Yeah, I love Carrie Mulligan. Yeah, I don't know if she's won any awards for it. I don't think she has. I think only Emerald's won so far. Oh. Yeah, that's interesting. Again, I think she has a lot more amazing roles in her. Right, yeah. But she was really good. She just knocks everything out of the park, so I feel like, honestly, you could just nominate her every time she does anything. (laughs) (laughs) I thought Viola Davis was really good. (laughs) <laughs> it's one of those roles, you know, she gained weight for the role, blah, blah, blah. But um, it, she really does embody that character so much. She's a completely different person. And she really goes dark with it, which I really like. I loved it. I thought her performance was really cool. So that she would be my... Well, she'd be my second choice, too, for, like, if Andre Day doesn't win. I feel like Bill Davis has a shot, honestly. <laughs> Carrie Mulligan is definitely my personal favorite of the ones I have seen. Directing. It's Thomas Vinterberg for another round. I've never even heard of that movie till like just now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> it's something about teachers in Denmark, I want to say. Oh, <laughs> and they get drunk and teach or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's why people come to this podcast for all the accurate information about the Oscars. Uh, what is it about? <laughs> <laughs> David Fincher from Mank, obviously. Lee Isaac Chung from Minari. Chloe Zhao for Nomadland. And Emerald Fennel for Promising Young Woman. Yeah. For sure, Nomadland is going to take this. Oh, really? I yeah. think. Yeah. I, I have a strong feeling about Chloe Zhao. Mm. Um, I like the way it was filmed. You were just sort of like dropped into their world and... I liked all of the interviews with all all the uh, the real actual nomads telling their stories and how it was all woven together. I think she's gonna win it, but I I really have a strong feeling about Emerald Fennel too because mm. that movie was just so good. I loved it. That's the only. Movie. And it, yeah, it was so uniquely shot too. Mm-hmm. There's just so many images that stick with you from that movie versus right. Nomadland is more like a feeling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But. There was just such a indelible imagery from Promising Young Woman. Yeah, I didn't love Nomadland. Like, I liked it. I felt like it was like she wanted to make a documentary, but also had a star that wanted to be in it or something. Mm-hmm. I thought it was fine. I mean, I didn't think it was bad, but it didn't really do it for me. Yeah, or it was also kind of like an experiment, too, because mm-hmm. of how Frances McDormand lived like that for, I don't know how long, not very long, but... <laughs> right. She lived like that for a bit and that sort of thing. And yeah, it did seem like kind of an experimental project for Frances McDormand. 
Right, right. Like, Promising Young Woman, like, she had a very clear vision story that she was going to tell. And then Nomadland, it seemed like they were kind of like, well, let's see what happens, you know. <laughs> right. Know. Yeah, I think it, like, uh, it was like a journalist did a couple pieces on Nomads and then turned it into a book. And then I guess Francis McDormand was like, I want to make a movie out of this. And, <laughs> like, that's how it happened. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to like start saving for my retirement. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't, it didn't make you want to live in. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like that's a real like. I don't know if I want to yeah. buy that big bucket for my van. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How do I make it so that I'm shitting in an actual toilet for the rest of my days? Yeah, exactly. I liked the movie a lot, but it really made me feel like, oh my god, this country doesn't take care of people, you know? Well, that's what I worry about, all the awards attention it's getting. Like, especially with the Academy, it makes me worry that, like, they're not getting the right message from it. (laughs) They're like, look at these people thriving and persevering, and it's like... No, actually, right. this is fucked up, and we shouldn't make it so people have to live like this. Right. Like, I know this wasn't her intention, but I feel like I could see it, it kind of getting, like, this libertarian vibe, because we don't have to help people, because, the, you know, like, the libertarian thing is, like, the government doesn't have to help people because individuals will help each other, and you just let it go as it you know? <laughs> it's like, so funny, too, because they're, like, the least charitable people they are right? <laughs> someone will help you not right. me <laughs> but in that movie it's like you could look at that and be like well she has a choice to just live with her sister or live with you know that guy in his guest house and you know some people just want to live that way so they're doing fine yeah i can totally see that people saying that yeah and like, i mean i know that's not what she meant and it wasn't my takeaway but I'm saying it could be a takeaway for Yeah, that's what I mean, too, is, yeah, like, like the, I'm worried that... we help them when they're turning down help? Right. You see a lot of that around here, too. People be like, well, I, right. I told them to go to a shelter. Because there are <laughs> shelters. Yeah, I hate the city so much. Now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a microcosm of this whole fucking country. Yeah. yeah. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, so... <laughs> Best picture. Alright. The nominees are The Father, Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, Minari, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, and The Trial of the Chicago Seven. The Vegas odds are split between Nomadland and The Trial of the Chicago Seven. Oh god, which is why interesting. is Trial of the Chicago Seven? I'm sure it sucks. Because Aaron Sorkin gets like a free fucking pass. So, so I know there was a trial in the movie. But... <laughs> yeah, they were trying the Chicago Seven. seven. And there were seven, seven people from Chicago. <laughs> My brother was waiting in line at a movie theater, and these two ladies behind him were talking about movies, and one of them had just seen Seven. <laughs> and she, the other one was like, "Oh, what was that about?" And then she literally she goes, "There's these seven. I can't really explain." <laughs>
real tip lever, <laughs> Jamie Dornan. <laughs> oh my god, I know. Oh my god, imagine. Oh, best original song. Oh yes, please be. Obviously, best original song. <laughs> best. Imagine seeing him perform it. They always have someone else perform the song not though. Always, no. Oh, that's true. Not always. Do his dance. <laughs> Have dancers behind him. Rip off his shirt. <laughs> Maybe they'll give him a real tear away this time. That would get more people to watch the Oscars. Probably. Don't they always have trouble getting people to watch it? I don't know. I never understand mm-hmm. that because I never this. want to miss it. Yeah. Most people are Super Bowl people. This is my Super Bowl, I like to say. I know. Me too. I used to love like the pre-red like carpet. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Stuff. Yeah. I always love to tune into that stuff, especially since half of my... Not half, but... A significant portion of the prop bets can be determined just off the red carpet alone. <laughs> we always like to bet on this stuff. Well, anywho, as I said before, I want I want it to be either Judas and the Black Messiah or the Promising Young Woman, but it won't be either of those. I uh, hope that it is not Mank, because I'm sure it sucks in Trial of Chicago 7. I'm sure. So, I literally, I don't even know what the father is, but, uh... It's not a father. <laughs> I can't really explain it. Anthony... Anthony's his father? Anthony Hopkins is the father. Uh, Olivia Coleman's the daughter, oh, and, and he has... a father to a daughter? Yes. He has, like, <laughs> severe dementia, and he's, wow. he's really mean, and I don't know. Cool. <laughs> Sounds fun. I'm sure they're both great. I don't need that. <laughs> don't need that in my life. I really loved Sound of Metal, though. That would be a surprise win, but that was so good. The way it was filmed with him discovering he's not able to hear. Or at least, like you said, sound editing. That Definitely. I feel like it's a shoe in for sound design for that reason. I mean, they really did a great job of putting the audience in his head, basically. Yeah. It was actually kind of hard to watch at some points because of the sound because it just really makes you think about losing your own hearing and like at the end you know how (laughs) it gets so fucked up at the end and how he has to just live like that now because of a choice he made i thought that was really powerful Yeah. (laughs) even though i thought that guy the place was annoying (laughs) the paul racing character i thought that guy was annoying and i thought i don't like that tough love kind of style of whatever therapy or whatever the fuck he was doing i hate that i mean i don't know maybe there's real life reasons for it but it always seems like a movie trope that's annoying to me and riz ahmed from what i've read the deaf community really thought it was a good portrayal of what it's like losing your hearing like because there are movies that have people doing sign language characters who are deaf and one that i kept reading about that the deaf community was hurt by was one movie that julianne moore did sign language in and like hmm. she was apparently like really bad at the sign language oh, really? like, yeah so I, but the, this hmm. movie it had a lot of deaf people oh, deaf funny. actors in it and yeah. paul racy he was raised by deaf parents i just thought that was interesting you want it to be authentic yeah. have actual deaf actors in it that was important too yeah, that's definitely one of Hollywood's many blind spots is portraying any sort of impairment. Okay, well, I think that's all the categories. I just have one quick fun fact. The highest and lowest rated Best Picture winners, according to IMDb. Can you guess what the highest rated Best Picture winner is? Oh, the highest, highest rated? rated a favorite among IMDb oh people. Um, I don't know, Silence of the Lambs. Godfather. Godfather. Oh, good one. Silence of the Lambs is in the top ten. Okay. 
But Forrest Gump also in the top Ugh. ten, which right. fuck that. But wait, what movie? Forrest Gump. <laughs> oh jeez. Yeah, I know. Uh, Baby boomers love that movie. They sure do. Of course they do. That's <laughs> jingoistic, fucking disgusting <laughs> propaganda. Anyway, and can you guess what the lowest rated best picture Crash. of all time? No. Uh, uh, that's down there, but not the lowest. It's, it's not even in like the bottom in the ten. Last, like twenty years, twenty to thirty years. Yes. Okay. The lowest, uh, the artist. <gasps> I never no. saw that, but I like never. I don't know. Yeah, I was fine. I don't know. But I feel like a lot of people are like, "This is dumb." A lot of people uh, had regrets about that, or oh, they were just uh, yeah. Green Book, maybe. No. Ugh. Why are people bad? It's from the nineties. Hmm. Are we gonna be mad or be like, oh, okay? No, you're gonna get it. I think you're definitely gonna understand. Well, because I wouldn't think it's, like, Braveheart, because people love that. Right. Or Dances <laughs> with Wolves. Yeah, no, it's not. It's okay. it's very surprising that, mm. I know. I, like, I mean, I well, like looking at this list is uh, kind of hard. Patient? That was uh, you're in the ballpark. <laughs> so it's something like that, like some like a war boring, movie, sweeping or... thing. Shakespeare in Love? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. That was it. I All right, believe yeah. that one. That is like a known, like, Harvey Weinstein behind the scenes made that happen or something. Yeah. God, that's some... Because it was against Saving Private Ryan. Everyone thought it was a shoe into him. Yeah, well, also, that movie sucks, but, you know. I mean, I didn't say that, but, I, you know, that's the kind of thing people usually jizz over. Oh, sure. Yeah, they sure love that stuff. Okay. Tam Honks. So now it's... <laughs> <laughs> Can you remember that? Amy Poehler. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, yes. That was so great. And he's, he's like laughing like he's in on it, but he's clearly not in on it. <laughs> Congratulations to all the wonderful actors nominated tonight from the amazing Chiwetel Ejiofor to the stunning Lapita Nyong'o to American treasure Tam Hanks. I knew I was going to screw that up. Okay, well now it's time for a segment I'm very excited about. A once a year segment starting this year. <laughs> Did <laughs> last year? We didn't do it last year. Called Hot Props. <laughs> Shut up. Hot Props Exactly. Oh shit, yeah. We like to bet on the Oscars. Not just the ballots, but also prop bets, which are just silly little things that happen or might, might happen or might not happen. And you have a grid of usually 100 things, and you pick 10, and there's points for each one. And whoever has the most points at the end wins glory and money. Actually, that one has money. The Oscar ballots are like usually some kind of good. <laughs> and then you put it in, it's like a $5 buy-in for the props. My favorite thing to bet on is we call the hammer, which is the last picture in the in-memoriam montage. Oh. I mean, this year's got to be Chadwick Boseman, right? Well, oh. I was thinking that, but then I also noticed that Sean Connery and Christopher Plummer died, oh. and they seem like good contenders. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be one thing, one of those things where they're probably equal points. Sometimes there's a special segment for one person, you know, like... That's there's, true. there's a tribute, so it's like Chadwick Boseman might not be the hammer, he might not be even be in that party or you know what I mean like one right. of those people but I am yeah. notoriously terrible at getting this because I know I picked yeah. Luke Perry one year and he wasn't even he was a snub well it's really hard to guess because so sometimes hard. people are snubbed and yeah and you don't know like 
I just thought because he was in Once Upon a Time. Yeah. Hollywood. Well, then they got yeah, us that year that it was perfect. Debbie Reynolds and Carrie Fisher. Because we thought it would be one or the other, and it was both, so nobody got it. Yeah. <laughs> and it was both of them at the same time, which they'd never done before, so, like, how could we know they were going to do that? It oh. is really darkly funny the way they died. She <laughs> 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 really, like, wrote a book about how her mom was always stealing her thunder and, like, just staging her. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It was very funny. Oh. They're both very entertaining people. Yeah. <laughs> we got to do postcards from the edge sometime. Oh, yeah. I'd so love to. And then I just wanted to do some honorable mentions of the in memoriam, people that oh, okay. were sad about. I assume. Jessica Walter's got to be in there, oh, of course. Yeah. I love all my children equally. I don't care for Joe. And Yafet Kodo. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you something, asshole. I've been working on this Jimmy Serrano thing for about six years. My Dukas is my shot. I'm going to bring him into federal court. And I don't want any third-rate rent thug who couldn't cut it as a cop in Chicago bringing him to L.A. on some bullshit local charge. Diana Rigg. Tell Sassy. I wanted to know it was me. And Ian Holm. I think I'm quite ready for another adventure. George Seagal, too. Witness the penguin, a flightless bird. <laughs> Why? Because its wings can't support its body mass? Wrong again. Maya, there was a day when penguins filled the sky. And Cloris Leachman will be there. Then you and Victor were... Yes! Yes! Say it! Heave us, my boyfriend! Oh, wow. I feel like that was forever ago. Yeah, it was this year within the... With it, the Oscar year, I guess, which is like February. Now it's all fucked up, though. Yeah, it's February to April. Long year. <laughs> yeah, and Wilford Brimley finally. I guess me and your grandma are going away, David. Where to? Well, that's not important. What's important is that when we get where we're going, we'll never be sick, we won't get any older, and we won't ever die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So. I mean, like, I'm almost as old as he was in Cocoon. He's just, <laughs> he's just always yeah, an he old was man. A person. He does not represent us. <laughs> Other fun prop bets that might happen. I always like to pick someone takes their mom as a date, because that usually does happen. Usually we do getting played off, the over-under on getting played off. Mm-hmm. The over-under on People of Color Awards is definitely an interesting one this year. And this year also, because some people are going to be remote, I'm going to put one in there about someone either being on mute. No, oh, yeah. Because that's what happened to Daniel Kaluuya at the uh, Golden Globes. You did the dirty. <laughs> <laughs> or a video feed getting dropped. Or just oh, like losing yeah. the call altogether. You're doing that as an over-under? Uh, no, I was going to just do it as like a, it happens, if, it, yeah. if it happens. Because yeah. it might not, but it seems that's like true. it could. Yeah. One thing I have to advise. Something I'll never pick again is presenters flirting. Because... <laughs> we might just axe that one altogether. <laughs> but the thing is, if you pick, do you spend the whole time reading so much into any <laughs> <laughs> you can feel the tension between them. And then also, a winner's name is mispronounced. Like, right. I feel like it always happens at some point. Foreign documentary or something, yeah. you know, and then you're watching it over and over again and someone's disputing it. <laughs> yeah, well, I can make it less points. I think that's the problem is that sometimes things are just too heavily weighted. Because mm. then it's not so much of a, like, if this is right, I win kind of situation if it's less points. Oh, yeah. 
I'm always interested in, like, what's the big star who's not going to show up? Or, like, they mm. just show, like, their picture. It's always, like, somebody like Anthony Hopkins or, I don't know, Francis McDormand. Well, this year, I mean, like, I mean, <laughs> yeah. We'll just I don't have know. to be at home. <laughs> I know, right? But what if they're not even at home? I don't know. Mm. Maybe there will be people who are just like, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it at all. They take the Oscars really seriously. Usually they're there. I mean, yeah, yeah, sometimes someone isn't there, but I feel like that's more like the Emmys or the Golden Globes or something. (laughs) That's such a funny story about Joan Crawford, how she so easily convinced (laughs) people not to go to the Oscars because no one wanted to go anyway. She was the only one who really was excited about it. (laughs) I know, I used to like not be a big deal at all, you know. Like, I don't want to spend all day in makeup and hair. I did recently hear Florence Pugh in an interview talk about how she finds it very obnoxious to spend, like, six hours in hair and makeup for ten minutes on the red carpet. She's like, maybe going forward we'll we'll all just be remote and that'll be great. She's not nominated for anything this year, but she should just always be nominated, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's all I got about the Oscars. Anyone got anything else they want to start? I wish they would go back to having a host. You know that they say it's just like a totally thankless job, but I feel like there's someone that could do it and enjoy it and there wouldn't be a big deal. I don't know. Like, it feels like, all right, no, we're not even going to do a host because anybody that we pick, everybody, all the woke people have to find something, you know, and it's like, you have to be perfect, you know, and I don't know. I don't think it's that. There are many, many people that could host it and people would be like, yes, they're fine. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Billy Crystal, for a while in the 90s, like, he did it for several years. and He did a bunch of times. Yeah. I liked it when Steve Martin, I think he did it one year. That was enjoyable. I remember. (laughs) I don't remember, like, any specific jokes. I mean, Ellen did it a bunch of times. And, like, I mean, now Ellen's bad, but I think she was a good host. And Chris Rock did it one time. I really liked that year that Chris Rock did it. Yeah. (laughs) They're also probably using the pandemic as a good excuse to not fuck with it but maybe when things go back to quote-unquote normal they'll have to revisit it i thought the year that james franco and (laughs) like i mean it was bad but i didn't think it was horrible well i thought she was great yeah Yeah. she just he he was was doing he was giving her nothing yeah (laughs) i like her a lot it could have just been her and just a revolving (laughs) door of people who are actually good at hosting and come out and you know, like Jake Gyllenhaal or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you should do it as Mr. Music. Oh. That'd be great. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Get John Mulaney to do it. He'd be a great host. Oh, my God. Yeah, yes, he would be great. He has this rat packy. I don't know. He would just look really good in a tuxedo. He did. Well, he looks good. I mean, he used to wear a suit all the time. He just yeah. seems like a host or something. I also feel like Tiffany Haddish would be really funny. Yeah. Although now she's got problems. I mean, I guess there is a little something to that, but it's not us that's the problem. It's just people just need to stop sucking. It's not us calling it out that's the problem. It's people doing the bad shit. Right. And then not handling it well when they're called out. Then being like, whatever, it was a long time ago. Or, you know, someone just try apologizing sincerely right away and see how that goes. No one's tried that yet. Yeah, like with Megan Amram, she had like this long apology about all this work that she does. It was like, just say that was bad and you're sorry. It's like nobody can just People work say too sorry. hard to try and explain yeah. when it's like, we understand whatever culture, blah, blah, blah. We get all that. Like, we don't need all that backstory. We just need to hear that you're sorry. Right, yeah. Yeah. On the series five finale of Paid and Puke, 
We are doing a double shot of Jennifer Jason Lee and Phoebe Cates with Amy Heckerling's 1982 comedy Fast Times at Ridgemont High and its spiritual sequel, 2001's The Anniversary Party, written and directed by Jennifer Jason Lee and Alan Cumming. If you enjoyed this episode of Paid in Puke, please take a minute to rate us highly on your preferred podcast listening apparatus. If you did not enjoy this episode, no further action is necessary. Paid in Puke is hosted by Amy Green, Christina Barr, and Jessica Baxter. Music by Silent Partner. Follow us on Twitter at Paid in Puke Pod, on Instagram at Paid in Puke Seattle, or join us on Facebook at Paid in Puke Podcast. Thanks for listening. Lick it up, baby. Lick it up.